Welcome back to the Racial Draft Podcast Network. I am Michael Ford, joining us for a great show about the Marvel Cinematic Universe television show, She-Hulk. This is Shulkin and Jiven, and I am uh, presiding over a, a, uh, a group of people that I did not tell them what the name of the show was, so uh, we, are, we are reacting. Um, for the for the prosecution we have stephanie stephanie how's it going um living my best life and for the defense we have carlos also living stephanie's best life yay (laughs) yes bing bong (laughs) bing bong we are talking about marvel's newest legal sitcom uh she-hulk uh all of the uh the jurisprudence if you will all of the power-based shenanigans and uh let's just jump right into it you know with opening statements uh if i had you know better production i would do some sort of like but opening (laughs) statements uh what did you guys what did you think of the episode carlos oh i thought it was really fun and light and uh and airy and i was you know it was it it seemed like a tv show that was made to be a tv show and not a movie in however many parts so that was Mm. nice all right stephanie what you think of the episode overall i thought it was refreshing actually it was nice to see like that you already mentioned airy i like the lighter like tone and then them at the beach and i just thought it was so sweet and then for two seconds i thought they were going to say they were in tahiti as like my agents of shield uh, that's nice. my agents of shield yeah. brain and i was just like tahiti right. no but it, okay but if it wasn't a magical <laughs> if it wasn't a magical place would, would it really be tahiti i mean yeah um, I, I concur with, with both, of you, both of you. I love the fact that it felt confident like a television show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't feel like it was trying to be a movie. Um, it, felt, it felt like an episode. Um, mm-hmm. You know, let's, we can get into like the mechanics of how it worked. Uh, the fact that it, it did the origin story, but it did the origin story in such a way that, um, you know, other shows kind of may have tried to over, overdo it. I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, this was very straightforward. It moved at a brisk, brisk pace. I love the fact um, of the third of the fourth wall breaking. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we can talk about that a little bit more in depth later. But, you know, I think that in terms of helping to move the plot along, the fourth wall breaking uh, was really useful. And in that format, you know, in that half hour, 40 minute format, I think that that really, um, you know, is going to be a good and useful uh, framing device for the kind of episodic television uh, story t- storytelling that they're going to be using for nine episodes, guys. Not six episodes, nine episodes. I know. I'm feeling really good about that. Me too. 
Yeah. Yeah. Everything about this feels like, okay, this might be the one where they get everything right. Yeah. Yes. Knock on wood, but you know, this feels like television, good television, okay. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that, that, that I, I've talked about in other contexts is that I've wanted them to make a She-Hulk show. She-Hulk, She-Hulk is not my favorite. She-Hulk is probably my number two character after Spider-Man. Uh, as far as popular, um, you know, my own uh, favorite characters. Um, so for me, like having, after I read the Dan Slot run of She-Hulk, I was like, this is it. This is, this is everything that I want from a combination superhero lawyer uh, thing. And if, you know, by the time I had read the full run, the MCU had started. And mm. I was like, this needs to be a TV show tomorrow. This yeah. is like, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had, had started. And I was like, they need to do an ABC show about She-Hulk, and it would be perfect. You know, it would be the best combination of exploring the, the intersection of superhero, superheroics and legal stuff and uh, human drama and femininity in the modern world. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's everything that, that, uh, that Marvel could be if it, you know, if it explores all of the options. Um, and, you know, we had to wait a long time to, to get there. But I think that um, I was a little bit wary, having seen the other Disney Plus shows, that they were going to try to make that fit in the, not formula, but the structure mm-hmm. of, of other MCU shows. And, the, and I'm just so glad that they let this show be its own thing with its own style and its own voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm feeling really positive. Probably, honestly, I'm feeling more positive about this show after the first episode than I felt after any other first episode of an MCU show. Okay. Wow. It's 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 definitely up there. I think there there have been a few MCU Disney Plus shows where I love the concept and the tone of the first episode. Mm-hmm. By the end of it it's it slides right back into the formula and mm-hmm. so i'm really hoping that you know they they sustain this this kind of the tone the pacing uh you know the, the jokes all of that i hope they they sustain that for nine episodes because if not then i know that it'll be four episodes of this and then there'll be uh some sort of MacGuffin, and then there will be the one episode where we see the background of the character for 45 minutes, and then the and last then there'll be a big CGI, CGI by Fest in the final episode. And yeah, you know, like it's just, and the whole time going like, well, somehow that wasn't, that was a lot and not enough. <laughs> when yeah. it started. Like it, that, that has been, uh, had, that has happened several times now. And so I'm hoping that this is the one where they finally have the confidence to just do the thing mm-hmm. and say like you know dude bros be damned let's just can we just make things with different tones mm-hmm. well, one thing that i already love about this show is that we got a post-credit scene like right off the bat yes mm-hmm. you know and then you know we'll, we'll revisit the the specifics of the post-credit scene you know because we don't want to like you know give it away right now but like i think that you know Jessica Gao, who has worked on Rick and Morty, which means that she's you know got comedy chops up the you know wazoo. 
Mm-hmm. Not, you know what? Not just comedy chops, though. Story chops. No, oh, Rick and sure. Morty are some of those intricate stories that you can tell on television. Yes. Right. Well, I mean, that too. But what I, I mean, what I was so also getting at is that, you know, like she's not wanting for ideas of how to like have a good stinger. Um, you know, yeah. I think that sometimes, you know, there are different flavors of stingers um a lot of the time the stingers that that get us the most interested are the stingers that are like teaser for something that's coming next but there's a place for the stinger that's just kind of its own fun thing and when you have nine episodes and you can potentially have a stinger on all nine episodes then it puts less pressure on the stinger to get you hyped for the next thing and just kind of uh, help to kind of tie a neat little bow around a joke that, you know, uh, it's a callback to a joke from earlier in the episode. And if that's what the role, if that's the role the singer's going to play um, in this show, it's just another thing to love about the show. Yes. Yeah. Mm. You know, um, you know, this is, this is a, again, a lot of these segments you're just finding out uh, ahead of time. Um, when we get to it, we will talk about like what internet argument uh, might potentially uh, show up in another stinger. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, let's go. Let's go character by character. That's that's important. I know that this episode was largely a two-hander between mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer Walters and Bruce Banner. You know, Tatiana Maslany and Mark Ruffalo. Um, let's talk a little bit about their chemistry because like. They're, we're supposed to believe that they're related. Um, and, you know, some, not every cousin relationship is the same. Mm-hmm. But I thought that the way that their dynamic, um, you know, continued to um, evolve across the episode, this felt like cousins that had known each other for like their entire lives. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you guys agree? Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that any type of relationship when it comes to family always kind of feels different from the outside in, but they were so warm with each other mm-hmm. and then it and expanded their scenes together. Yeah. Carlos, what do you think? Fully like it, it, they, that relationship feels lived in, which, like, uh, you know, you can't really say all the time about even people you know, where you suddenly find out this character has a husband or a wife, mm-hmm. and you're like, they've never met. Like, those two <laughs> actors have never met each other until this scene. Like this, I would believe Mark Ruffalo and Tatiana Maslany have, have acted together before. Like that's how, right. how good their rapport was, which is nuts mm-hmm. because also one of them is CG most of the time and it yeah. still feels natural. Yeah, I mean, and you know, one thing that I that was really like their banter, didn't feel like your standard Marvel banter. You know, mm-hmm. it felt like the banter of people who, you know, can can kind of bust each other's balls, like back to the childhood. You know, when you had the fact that it's like, you know, the, the whole smart Hulk, smug Hulk thing, mm-hmm. you know, like the, I'm not the, you know, you're not the only genius in the family, um, you know, uh, aspect, the, like even like one of my favorites was when um was when jen was like 
I apologize for saying some harsh truths that are that are really uh, <laughs> that, that hurt your feelings, but are totally accurate. <laughs> you know, whatever, I mean, the exact mm -hmm. words. And he was like, he was like, nice of you to uh, apologize while still doubling down on the thing that you're apologizing for. Very lawyerly of you, you know. Like it, it was, it just, it just like you said, it felt lived in. It felt like their dynamic had already been established. That even though they probably hadn't seen each other for years. We all have these like uh, family and friend relationships where you just kind of slip into a comfort level and a, you know, and a repartee that even after years, there's just a, a, a um, so instead of it feeling like these were, they were trying to tell us rather than show us that the, that they had a relationship, it felt like, yeah, they had a relationship, but they hadn't seen each other and they were catching up. And, but once they caught up, they were right back in their, you know, in their element, you know, like even the whole thing about how like, we're like, it, there, there are certain things like with it, with how like, you know, you never really got to see Hulk being an asshole, mm -hmm. you know, like you never got, I mean, like not this banner, right? You never got to see Mark Ruffalo's banner being a dick and like, but he's being like a dick in the way that you're like a dick to family. You know, like, so when he throws her off the side of the, the mountain and she gives him the finger on the way down and she's like, she's like, you know, I forgot his exact quote or whatever. It was like, yeah, I mean, that was kind of fun. Like that was, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of fun to fuck with you like that, you know, like, and later in the episode when they have their fight, instead of it feeling like, oh, it's a Hulk first Hulk CGI uh, throwdown. It's like, no, these are like, almost sibling it was like a, it was almost yeah. like a sibling fight you know like they were doing hulk shit but they were doing it in a in like a i'm i'm mad at you like but i'm not trying to hurt you way yeah yeah even little moments of like where uh jen wakes up in mexico and bruce is like i called your parents they know you're fine it's like yeah because her parents would be like his aunt and uncle you know? like, yeah yeah like little things like that or when he calls her, calls her fuzzball. I think at the yeah, end, right at the end. That, yeah. I was like, oh man, little pet name thing. Like, and it, it it worked. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, it's a testament to Ruffalo. Like, I think Ruffalo, um, I think he's underrated in the like in in MCU fandom. I think mm. that outside of the MCU, people know how good of an actor that that Mark Ruffalo is. Right, but. But in the MCU, people just think, oh yeah, you know, he's just a little, uh, you know, he's a little quirky, he's a little um, neurotic. And, you know, they have kind of doing comedic things and fuck that, I want the Hulk to be mad, you know? Yeah. And, but this was like, this was why, I, at least me, you know, me personally, this is why I was intrigued by uh, Professor Hulk, Smart Hulk, whatever you want to call him. You know, because it, it was a, an opportunity for Mark Ruffalo to be Mark Ruffalo and bring that kind of like charm and vulnerability to the Hulk character that we already know, you know, it's a known commodity. It also allows him to be funny, you know, like mm. not just yeah. charming, but like, you know, like in, in Endgame, when he goes back in time, he's like, this is gratuitous. And like, yeah. He's, he's like flipping cards, like, rah, rah. Like that, that's very funny. Like that's, yeah. that's good stuff. But what I'm saying is that, and I agree with that, but I think that in a movie like Endgame where the stakes were so high, I can understand why people would say, you know, is that 
called for you know like do we do we want a hulk that's like bringing that kind of levity given that it's like the entire universe is at stake but like the hulk on his little like island getaway getting drunk um as he tries to like talk his cousin through all of the phases of what it's like to be a hulk like yeah. you can afford to be a little bit more uh jocular you know you can afford to like crack wise and you know the humor the humor was 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 perfectly on point like i love i i forget the scene though he was like he's like is this what jealousy feels like i feel like <laughs> yeah <laughs> when he finds out she doesn't have a an another ego. persona living in there <laughs> yeah you know, it, 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 and again, Tatiana Maslany, she's like, it's because I'm better than you, Bruce. Like, <laughs> yeah. like the, the line delivery and the way that it was received, like, like here's the thing. We, we, we're not going to give much space to incels and their bullshit, um, but there, there is definitely an execution of this plot line, which would more reasonably agitate those kinds of incels, um, you know, but but if you, but the way that this was was executed, it's 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 less reasonable to have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. It's less reasonable to have an issue with the person who, like one of them, is is a scientist who doesn't have a lot of experience with people. Mm-hmm. The other one is a lawyer who you know is smart in her own right, but she has to deal with people all the time you know, having a different relationship to anger and emotion and what it means to have to modulate those those things in society, not to mention the gender aspect of it, you know, mm. like, so, like, someone else might be, you know, be able to, to like, look at the, the plot and say, oh, well, it took Bruce Banner 15 years to figure out uh, how to integrate the Hulk and Banner. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that in terms of plot delivery and and, and um, storytelling, it would I I think it tightened every potential plot hole in terms of why it is that Jennifer Walters did, doesn't need 15 years of struggle with an alter ego to to be able to be an integrated self. Yeah, I think that's so right. The the the, the way with which they very economically um, just kind of said, your body processes gamma radiation slightly differently than mine. And by the way, when I saw how yours did it, I was able to cure my arm, um, you know, like, and, and so like, it, it just immediately just like, let's just get dispense with all of this. My arm is healed now. You can turn into Hulk without being another person, you can control when it turns on and off. You, like you, like the whole "I'm always angry." Like that's just Jen all the time now. Like she can just yeah, turn yeah. it on whenever she wants. And and that's that's actually a really good point, right? Because like one of the things about the Hulk, one of the defining things about the Hulk is that he doesn't Banner doesn't control his anger. He gets angry, he turns into the Hulk, right? That's like pop culture pre Marvel, right? Most people's understanding. In the in the Avengers first Avengers movie, they introduced the element of that's my secret. I'm always angry, right? Mm-hmm. But guess who's also always angry? A woman in fucking America, especially in 2022, where like you know barely having rights. You know what I mean? Like if there's any if 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 you if the cheat code is 
being always angry, then who better than Jen Walters to embody that idea? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know, then for the people that are a little bit slower in the uptake, they actually had the speech that she gave where she explained what it was, what it would be like and why, mm-hmm. you know, why she should be able to easily turn from one to the other. And like you said, it was economical in the storytelling. And to, to me, like, you know, not no shade to anyone who's listening, um, you know, uh, you can talk about supporting the Patreon, make yourself feel better. But no shade to anyone who's listening. But like, if by the end of that, you couldn't like figure out like, like where the, sto- like what the story was, was giving you, that's kind of on you as a, as, a, as a viewer, more so than it's on them as a storyteller. Hmm. Um, but yeah, any any other thoughts about the uh, Tatiana Maslany Mark Ruffalo dynamic and just Hulk? I'm sorry, Bruce and uh, Jennifer uh, relationship. In terms of the relationship, I have no other notes. It was it was just um, I was going to bring up the not only the differences in the way her body synthesizes the gamma radiation, but also the way in which her Hulk is different than, than Bruce's Hulk. Like she's more agile. She's not quite as um, boom, boom, powerful, right? Like she can't do the, the clap and, and create an earthquake, but hers is basically a sonic cannon. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talked about that. It's kind of like, well, sorry, on a, on a, on a different platform. Um, so we know from the incredible Hulk movie, that mm-hmm. like, a sonic cannon is actually pretty devastating, much more devastating than just, just a regular force wave. So, you know, I, I, I likened it to how Miles Morales has the venom blast, which is something that Peter doesn't have. Right. It's like by, by giving this character just like a tweak of, they have the same powers, but they use their powers differently. It allows readers and viewers to differentiate them it's mm-hmm. not oh it's not just a female hulk it's they both got hulk powers but but banner hulk is doing is going about things one way because of who he is as banner and jen is going about things another way because of who she is as jen yeah. and and that's important because you don't want characters to be redundant right mm-hmm. yeah if banner is like a tank she's like a fighter jet and like it's still powerful and still taking out your town, but she can do it in almost a more surgical way because she is not Bruce's version of the Hulk. This, you know, this kind of I'm going to smash everything. She doesn't need to smash everything. Yeah. She can get you surgically, basically. Yeah, I love the scene where, like, you know, um, well, she comes, let me you know, obviously, she busts up the, the containment unit and she comes mm-hmm. out, and Bruce is talking to her. Like, he's like, All right, girl, you know, calm down. <laughs> and she's like, How are you talking to me like a wild horse? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted her, I wanted her to be like, Sun's getting real. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Exactly. I do like, too, that, that there, you know, and sometimes Natasha would tell me a lullaby. Yes. It's like, and that worked. I don't have an explanation for why that worked. That's so yeah. good. That's so funny. I mean, I feel bad because like I thought of a different joke there where like where I expected her to be like, it was like a sex thing, wasn't it? She used to sing you a lullaby because that's like, 
little fetish that you might have, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, but I love the idea that, um, and again, this goes back to the, the, the performance on Mark Ruffalo's part. I love the idea that Mark, oh, sorry, Bruce went through 15 years and he didn't completely address all of his trauma, mm-hmm. but he still felt like I have this struggle, this thing that I went through, and now I'm in a better place. So mm-hmm. I would like, as your family, as your friend or whatever, you know, I would like to impart my experience on you. But in doing so, it because it was even though it was coming from a good place, he was projecting his own struggles onto mm-hmm. Jennifer's and mm-hmm. not allowing her to have her own journey right you know and i like the, the that that depth in that where it wasn't heavy-handed it wasn't like you know like by the end of the episode they 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 got to a place where they both respected where they were coming from but you you know you saw that in in um in banner's performance where he's like you know hey i'm i went through this like let me let me help you and then you've got, you know, Jen, who's kind of like pushing back on like, yeah, but you need to help me in a way that I'm like asking for help, not in a way that you're sort of like pushing your help on me. Uh, do you have any more thoughts about that, Stephanie? No, I completely agree. Uh, it's interesting to hear that vocalized because when you watch something like that, you see it, but it's, you don't really like put words to it. And I didn't really get it until I watched it the third time I watched it three times um um because the first time I was just like this (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like not paying really attention like I'm paying attention but I'm just like so like you know a a, a beaver um and then yeah so when I watched it again it was nice to see it because whenever people do watch those shows and watch movies they're always just like oh they should have the same exact um building and the same thing and it's just like we need to actually talk about how like people are different and not everyone is the same so someone could take x amount of years to learn something that someone else took three hours so it's like I like that and like I said I didn't have words for it until just this conversation but it was very important to show that to and especially to show that again men and women are different (laughs) and also projecting and it's very easy to do and especially with cousins because he was immediately ready he had his binder he was like hey dude in 2007 i lost it so get (laughs) ready bitch because you're gonna lose it (laughs) right um so that's exactly what it was like and uh so yeah that was nice yeah it was also interesting um that he has to wear this like wristwatch thing yeah. that keeps him banner, mm-hmm. which to me like speaks to effect like it maybe is not as amenable a reconciliation between Banner and Hulk mm-hmm. as we might have been led to believe if he can't turn it off for a period of time or whatever. He has to keep the Hulk, he still has to keep the Hulk at bay mm-hmm. with this with yeah. this thing. But again, <laughs> but I but again, part of it is that he's dealing with, you know, the comics kind of get deeper into it, but he's dealing with the fact that he has like two personalities. Right. Yeah. You know, like he's not, he's not just keeping the Hulk 
physicality at bay, right? Keeping that that like id persona at bay. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Jen, like she came out of the gate integrated. There's no, it's just like, do I want to be green today or do I want to be white today? You know, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, shout out to Rachel Cole's out. Um, but, <laughs> but no, no, but in all, in all seriousness, like, so with, with her, <laughs> she's, she doesn't have to grapple with the monster within um, mm-hmm. and, and all of the baggage that comes along with that. Um, and, and again, you know, that's what, again, you know, the comp, the issue of what makes their journeys different. Bruce is trying to hold himself back from, from this fear that if he lets go, the monster will come out and cause all this harm. Yeah. You know, with Jen, she's like, I want to be able to be myself. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that, that being a Hulk doesn't stand in the way of that. You know, it's it's a it's so it's a fundamentally different, um, different motivation and a different journey. Um, and I think what's what's going to be interesting is that you know Hulk wasn't particularly a hero. Um, he became a hero because the Avengers kind of reined him in, mm-hmm. um, and now he sees himself as a hero. But the fact that Jen doesn't see herself as a monster means that she doesn't feel that kind of like obligation to do heroic things especially because she thinks i mean you know we can talk about it now it's like you know she's a lawyer and she's Mm -hmm. a prosecutor like she already thinks that she's doing good in the world Mm -hmm. you know she already thinks that she's standing on the side of justice Mm -hmm. um so for her you know she's not making up for any kind of um thing that she feels guilty for you know she's like yeah I mean, bad guys send them to jail, and um, you know that's that's my role in society. I mean, you know, I can be a Hulk while I do that, but it, I don't have any additional obligation to go out there and like you know punch them in the face um, and send them to prison. You know, like I'll let other people do that. So I think that's going to be an interesting journey um, for Jen um, in deciding that that you know prosecuting bad guys isn't enough i'm interested to see what the arc is because Mm -hmm. because we've seen her already now tell us that you know yeah she's not going to be a superhero and that's fine like that's a fine place to start for a character rejecting the call Mm -hmm. um but (laughs) by the end of the episode she has hulked out and has punched a bad guy so Mm -hmm. is this series gonna be like this event and then flashbacks or is it going to be like like what are we in store for here what is the so so here's what i think here's here's how i think it's going to play out uh this isn't like too big of a theory but Mm -hmm. i think that the show is called she hulk attorney at law right um i think that she this was her coming out part um i think that like she was not widely known um, as a Hulk person, the people, her closest friends knew about it. Bruce knew about it, of course, but she was playing it close to the best. The fact that she did this in the public stage, um, hoped out, saved some lives. I think that she's going to be pulled in a direction towards celebrity. Mm. And I think that her initial instinct is going to be, um, 
well, I'm, I'm just going to be this famous lawyer uh, that's a Hulk, and I'm going to use it to, like, advance my career, and then, like, occasionally do some, like, you know, ass-kicking. Kick, ass um, and I think that as these things continue to find her, she's going to have to reckon with the fact that, like, um, A, her life has changed, and she's either going to um, like fall fully into the, the, the seduction of people loving the Hulk part of her and, you know, losing her way a little bit and, and then sort of refinding herself as like, I'm this and I'm this, you know, I, it's not, I'm not this or this. I'm not a superhero or a lawyer. I'm a superhero mm -hmm. and a lawyer, you know, but, and, but I think that in the course of these episodes, she's going to find herself pulled in, in those directions and yeah. thinking that she has to choose. But by the end, she can have it all. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying she's every woman? It's all in her? <laughs> That's a great song. Yes. Oh. yes. Whitney. Correct. But, I mean, I, I should have looked this up. The law firm that... Um, that she's going against. Oh yeah, um, I didn't look it up either. Yeah, give me a second. Um, but you know, she G -L -K -H. starts. K and H. Yes, Geo. I mean, it's Gluckman. I want to say. It. Give me a second. Um, so yeah, in the in the beginning of the show, she starts out as um, as a, as an assistant district attorney. Um, we get that kind of like nice little like with great power comes not quite great responsibility because we don't we, we're not in the Spider-Man uh, in the Spider-Man world. But, you know, she she very much talks about how, um, you know, she very much talks about like sort of personal responsibility in that in that world and, um, you know, and how as a lawyer, it's important to enforce that. But Good, Goodman, Lieber, Kurtzberg, and Holloway. Yes. And, and you know, the Easter egg on that is that those <gasps> Jerry? Are, oh. Yeah, the Easter egg on no, that is no, those are all right? Marvel founders. Um, so yeah. Lieber is Stan Lee. Uh, Goodman, I don't remember who Goodman okay. is. Um, so Kurtzman is Goodman. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so is, is Kurtzman, is that um, Kurtzberg? Kirby? Is Kurtzberg Kirby? Um, hmm. and, you said, and you said in Luckman? He, uh, what, are, what did I just put it? Goodman, Lieber, Kurtzberg, and Holloway. And Holloway, sorry. Yeah, so so yeah, so the, the, the Easter egg behind that firm name is that those were uh, some the big names in Marvel in the early days. Um, but but yeah, they're the uh, in comics, they're the superhero law uh, practice and and that's who they uh, who's on the defense side in this case. Okay. I think that, um, you know, based on trailers, so, you know, not spoilers, but based on trailers, I think that she's going to get recruited by them. And uh, as, a, as a superhero, she's going to be brought on to help them build out their uh, superhero defense practice or superhero okay. law practice. And, you know, that's where, like, that's going to be our entree into, like, the wacky cast of characters that... Um, you know, that we'll see over the course of the episodes. 
So yeah. it's okay. Goodman is Martin Goodman was the first publisher of Marvel Comics. Okay. Lieber, Stan Lee's birth name was Stanley Lieber. Mm-hmm. And then Kurtzberg is Jack Kirby's birth name, Jacob Kurtzberg. And then what's the, what was the last one? Uh, Holloway. Holloway. I don't know. But those first three are like the senior partners, right? Yeah, it's exactly. So that's Lieber, very... Kurtzberg, and Holloway. Oh, yeah. So Holloway actually might be one of the attorneys, if I if I remember, like one of the active attorneys. Okay. So, but yeah, so that's the idea. Um, yeah, so uh, G, L, K, and H. Um, and that's, that's, that's the firm. I think that we're going, I mean, again, the law, the lawyer in me is kind of like, give me all of the superhero law cases. Um, give like, so there's a, in the, I don't think this is going to happen in, in, the, in the show. There's a character in the comics who is like a hardcore comic reader. And he, oh, yeah. And he's like, the, he uses the comics as his precedent in his briefs or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, because in, in the Marvel universe, like the comics are also published alongside of, of like the stuff that happens, mm-hmm. um, you know, so like it, it's very meta in that sense where it's like, you know, citing uh, Avengers 36, like we're, <laughs> we're, you know, this means that da 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 da, you know, like so. I, I mean, I doubt they'll. I doubt they'll go that meta with it, but I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing where um, what happens at GLK and H. Damon, uh, one of the agents of fandom, like super fan guys, uh, he has he's at Damon Tweet on mm-hmm. Twitter. He just he actually did an explainer of like the end of uh, Slots Run mm-hmm. of uh, of She Hulk, where there's like they basically like to the comic book store and they like like uh you know it's like a bunch of nerds looking through all the the old long boxes for how to get out of this jam or whatever the jam is oh and i just realized <laughs> so i just realized yeah holden holloway is probably the holloway of uh, so he was in the episode okay uh, um I, I guess he was like there i can't remember whether he was like sitting in the in the main chair or if he, if he was in the audience see the older guy yeah, he's the older guy. I think he was um, sitting at the table. Okay, so he was sitting at the table. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that's the Holloway. I'm guessing he's going to be the one to say, you know, we're bringing you into the fold if you want it, and we're going to pay you some ludicrous amount of money. Right. Um, but, hey, Harvey Birdman, attorney at law, was like my favorite Adult Swim cartoon. I own the seasons on DVD, so I'm here. For I've it. never seen it. <gasps> it's yeah. so funny. I haven't I hear, seen. I heard that. I haven't seen as much of it as I would have liked, but like that when I when I heard that that show existed, I was like, yes, we need that for comic books. We need that for more. <laughs> there's there's an episode that's like it's uh, it's an episode about the Flintstones, and basically, Fred Flintstone is Tony Soprano, <laughs> and it like it works out like he's in construction, you know, like it's the kind of like mob construction thing, and then, like he's like a land developer or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's and they even do like. Him driving through bedrock and it looks like the Sopranos like woke up this morning kind of thing. It's very very funny. So let's talk a little bit about her friend, uh, Jen's friend, uh, Jin. Well, sorry, Nikki Ramos is her character's name, uh, played by Ginger Gonzaga. Uh, how did you feel about? I mean, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do the thing, Carlos. How do you feel about the Latina character on the show that's based around a white woman? <laughs> is she? Do we know that she's? Uh... I don't know the, the the actress's nationality. Like, I wasn't sure if she was necessarily Latina. She might be Filipino. I don't know. 
Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah, I will. So, I will do my googles. I will do my googles. Because um, I don't know a ton of gingers in my in my. Uh, could be a nickname or a stage name. Could totally be. Absolutely. Yeah. So, let's see. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I always nice to have a little a little sasson in your <laughs> in your MCU. <laughs> I mean, did she work for you as a character, though? Um, so far, sure. So far, she's kind of the Ned. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she's kind of like, you <laughs> yes. need to do the superhero thing now. Yeah. Like, it's time. Um, and, you know, I'm sure as we get it more into Jen's life, she'll be more of a wingman kind of thing or, you know, something like that, which works for this kind of sitcom style. It, it, it works. And you are right, Carlos. You are right. She is a, a Filipino and Dutch descent. So, there you go. So there, there you have it. Yeah, um, Filipino so, is how close enough. How did you enough. get that? How did you get that? Like you were so like spot on. How did you know? How did I know she was Filipino? Yeah. I mean, she because she could pass for Asian and had a Spanish last name. So I just took. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was, that's, that's kind of the cheat code. Tons really of was. Filipinos have Spanish mm-hmm. last names because Spain ran the Philippines for a while. So yeah. really? Yes. So when you see like, um, like I knew there was a guy, um, he was on the oh. wrestling team in my high school. He was Filipino and his name was Martin de la Cruz. <gasps> he was full on Filipino and She's like, oh, wow. I and I had never, I had never met a Filipino with a Spanish last name. But then, yeah, it's it's totally not uncommon. Which is wow. Dave Batista mm-hmm. is you know that's a Spanish last name. He is Filipino. He's yeah. Filipino. Yeah. I yeah. had no idea he was Filipino. Yeah. Which is why, like, he is the only person that when because Bane is a character in you know in the Batman universe. Yeah. Bane in the comics is from a Latin American country. Yeah. And you know, obviously Tom Hardy, not Latin American. Nope. Yes. And but when people fan cast Dave Batista, I'm like, you know what? Close enough. I I, mean, I could also I mean, believe that you know that, that they, he was, they uh, are the Latinos of Asia. They are the Latinos of the Asian <laughs> of the Asian continent. Wow. I literally have never heard that fan cast of Batista as Bane, but now I are you want serious? It. Oh, no, no. I wasn't. Beautiful. I wasn't on Twitter back then, guys. But, I mean, this is when I find out that <laughs> Stephanie has not been dutifully listening to the Racial Draft podcast. Where, uh, this There's very also season, that. This very season, uh, Dave Batista was uh, the fan cast for. I mean, uh, to be fair, there were 680 picks this year, so. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. Okay, to miss um, one. So, speaking of the Racial Draft, that is a A1 transition. We're going to talk about. Uh, I, Apparently, I've been pronouncing her name wrong by calling her Titania. Um, uh, Titania. Um, <laughs> okay. You've been pronouncing um, that wrong for this long? Yeah, I just say Titania. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, can the understand. word Titan is in her name. Like, fair, but like, I guess I just, like, in my brain, if I, if I pronounced it Titania, it would, it would turn to Titania more than than titania yeah that's that middle that middle syllable right it's like you know like it's like it it, yeah it would be like it's because it's more like titanium right right titania um i see it but in my brain i just see like titania like britannica 
I guess it's it's funny because we we don't call the ship the Titanic. We do call it the Titanic. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That like I, I I've never read that word as Titania before. I had always been Titania as well. Yeah, maybe it's because it's because it feels more like a name. Yes, Titania feels like hey hey my girl Titania. You know, like it feels like like that feels like a real person's name, like Titania or Ty yeah Titania feels like too much. You're doing too much. Um, <laughs> You're doing too much. But like anyway, Jamila Jamil, um, who. I, this is where I confess that I've never seen The Good Place. Um, <gasps> but like, I've never is... seen it either. <laughs> I watched the first episode and had a complete conniption because like, um, now that I'm aging, I like freak out about like death. So yeah. I just watched the first episode and I was just like, I can't handle this right now. I got to turn this off. Also, I was pregnant. So that also kind of fucked with me. Well, you have a child. Like I, don't, I didn't think about death nearly as much before I had children. And yes. now it's like, oh God, if I die, they don't have a dad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what I it's totally like. That. So that I, was, said, I was prego so. and I was starting the show and I was like, uh, no. No, that said, absolutely not. <laughs> the Good Place is one of the great sitcoms of the 21st century. Like it is, I, that's what I hear. Excellent, I've, excellent, I've excellent. Heard excellent. That. That's um, what I hear. The problem is that someone spoiled me for the Good Place, and oh. then and then when I got spoiled, I was like, "Well, that's fine. I'll just wait until I forget about the spoiler." And then I learned that I will never forget about the spoiler because everyone talks about the spoiler. Yeah. Um, so at some, but you know, all that is to say that Jamil Jamil is a presence on social media. She yes. is, uh, you know, she's a bit of a delight. Um, yes. So we are happy to see. I'm guessing that she's not going to be one and done. I would hate if she was one and done on this episode. I mean, she's one of She-Hulk's kind of um, arch arch nemeses. Mm-hmm. So. Oh yeah, I don't think she's one and done for this. Just one episode. Oh yeah. I think mean, she might be one and done for the season. Like. Oh, you think? She might be. It's possible that we don't see her after this. That would bum me out. Honestly. After this season, you know? Yeah, that would bum me out. And if, especially because at the very least, we need to find out like why she just busted in like the Kool-Aid man um, in that episode. Like, it's- Well, I mean, were you thinking as a, like, as a lawyer, aren't you thinking like, well, that jury's wasted because you, it's um, a case about powers and people with powers destroying property. And, oh, know, well, that's the thing. I, I didn't actually think that her case was about someone with superpowers. I thought her case was about someone with like money and influence. And mm. I thought that like someone, either him or someone associated with him hired her to bust him out. Mm-hmm. Um, but not because he's got superpowers, but because he just had money. Um, I'm curious about what her role is because she, the way that she was kind of looking at the situation, like she didn't know it like she she seemed a little bit less with it than your 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 normal supervillain. So this might have this this might have been like her first gig, like you know, doing uh, some kind of nefarious thing. Right. So I, so my hope so my hope is that we get more from her and we find out that she's a lot more sympathetic than uh, you know what we what we what they've let on. Now obviously in the comics she's a former pro wrestler. Um, um, I think after she gets superpowers, she becomes a pro wrestler. I mean, she's definitely she definitely had that pro wrestling persona. She did a drop kick 
um, in the episode. Um, it kind of went down kind of quickly, so I hope yeah. we match. You know, another reason that I would like her to 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 stick around so that they can be a rematch. Um, that's not how you set up an arch nemesis. I tell you, the comics have an inordinate amount, like just a disproportionate amount of pro wrestlers and former circus folk <laughs> who become superheroes. Here's why that makes sense. Who better than a pro wrestler or a circus performer to wear that costume, right. give, give themselves a name, put themselves out there for the world as like, look at me. Yeah, it's like you were either a scientist, a circus, a circus person, or a professional wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. Or, but unfortunately, in the modern era, or a soldier. Right. Yes. Now, did you guys think it was interesting that that uh, you know Jen basically referred to the Avengers as like military contractors? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Where's, where's the lie? You know. Yeah. I mean. The lie's not there, but, but like, I didn't think that. I mean, of all the people to, to to refer to them that way, Jen makes sense to to do it. But like, I, that wasn't my my view of how like regular people understood the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, but a lawyer would look at it, would scrutinize. Yeah. You know, especially as someone who doesn't want to take part in it. Right. You know. So maybe it would have been even more in the nose to be like, I don't want to take part in your military propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like honestly, of the of the the two Marvel characters I would have, you know, think would have that person that uh perspective would be She-Hulk and like Frank Castle. Mm-hmm. You know, like those two would be like yeah, but Frank you know, Castle is like from the military. Though. Right. Which is why I think he wouldn't want to be part of the military, like the oh. the military contractors who go around the world. Got it. Yeah, um, I mean it's interesting because like in the comics, oh, yeah. um, Jen is sometimes a little bit like too like pro establishment um, as a lawyer, you know, because like you know she she's kind of like believes in law and order a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. It's kind of kind of like easy to get her on board with something like the superhero registration, mm-hmm. um, which is a good transition because we should talk about the fact that, um, you know, they will be getting into the Sokovia Accords on this show, which as a lawyer, I am really happy for, um, mm-hmm. like, because I need to know how the fuck the Sokovia Accord work, um, you know, <laughs> from like a constitutional perspective. So I would argue they don't, so. Yeah. I need to know how they. I need to know how they how they uh, tried to argue that it worked. Um, Yeah, yeah. I want those C-SPAN hearings of uh, you know because one thing that this is for the benefit of the listeners, um, treaties are not binding law. So even if all the countries in the world signed on to the Sokovia uh, Accords uh, as an international um, principle of what they, they would like to do with respect to superheroes, uh, America doesn't have to abide by that. So on the legislative side, someone would have had to say, in accordance with the Sokovia Accords, I know I hate that sentence, um, in accordance with the Sokovia Accords, we're going to pass laws that uh, apply to American citizens. So the lawyer show 
is the great place to talk about how those laws would apply to American citizens and how you would be in a position to defend yourself against those laws. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we see that in a future episode, if not the next episode. I mean, we, we also are existing in a universe where there's a global repatriation council and that but, shouldn't have teeth. <laughs> But, but, it does. but one of the things that you notice about Falcon Winter Soldier, a lot of that global repatriation was happening in Europe. Not a lot of global repatriation <laughs> happening in the good old U.S. of A. <laughs> that is correct. You know, because uh, yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't respect international law. <laughs> <laughs> so they probably proposed the Global Repatriation Council and then backed out. Exactly. That sounds like us. Like, oh, oh, we'll host the meeting for the Global Repatriation Council. Yeah, you can do it in New York. You can do That's it in fine. New York, but like, none, we're not repatriating shit. <laughs> but those, all those poor people died of tuberculosis. <laughs> exactly. We can repatriate those people over there across the ocean, we're not bringing, bringing them to our towns. Um, but, we're going to um, repatriate that. Uh, that group of terrorists with British accents out of Britain? Where were they? <laughs> I think they were in, uh, in Germany. Maybe. Um, but what else? Um, any, other, <laughs> any other things that you'd like to see? Any other things um, you'd like to see in the coming season? I'm trying like, to figure out cases. how, if anything else happens, as opposed to like getting, I like everybody knows Daredevil's back. So... And of course, I know, I think I read this or I'm a complete liar that Jessica Gao has worked with um, Kristen Ritter before. Oh. So when I think I read that back like two years ago and I was just like, oh my God, there's like a 47% chance that I could see Jessica Jones in She-Hulk. So my, I was banking on seeing Jessica Jones during She-Hulk. I wasn't banking on seeing Daredevil. Okay. Um, so then of course the more stuff came out and then of course spider-man no way home happened and then mm -hmm. uh we got the announcement that he was back and then we got the other announcement that he was back and then the other announcement that he was back so it was like oh, oh okay okay like i know i know charlie cox is back but we still don't know about anybody else so like i said i thought this whole time i'd be seeing jessica jones in this show and then possibly seeing um daredevil and echo but now i know we're seeing both right so yeah. so my feeling on jessica jones and again i just started a jessica jones rewatch mm -hmm. um, so like i'm feeling good about that because i love that show mm -hmm. but it's great i think that i think that they could save extended jessica jones for a subsequent season mm -hmm. they could but if she is coming back this would be a great place to bring her back Mm -hmm. if, if sorry if only for one episode mm -hmm. um you know and and you know perhaps tired her to to uh, daredevil but yeah um but yeah i mean i think that that's one thing that i would love to see mm -hmm. obviously like you said before uh that's already been confirmed that we're going to see daredevil mm -hmm. um but but yeah i mean i'm i'm really interested in just like episode by episode the mm -hmm. kinds of the, like the callbacks to yeah like i like i'm 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 here for any kind of callbacks to previous projects 
of and, course yeah and the legal and the, and the legal issues that might flow from that like yeah. if there's any kind of like blip related litigation mm. like um I'm, i want to see it um i want to see um i'm actually hoping that it's not just daredevil but like but mad murdoch is back like i, I hope yeah. that they're on opposite sides of a trial i think that'd be pretty cool mm -hmm. um and they don't I mean, know you know yeah, in or, my head in my head that episode where we see daredevil right will be an episode where jen and daredevil team up as she hulk and daredevil mm -hmm. but but matt and jen as attorneys are on different sides of the same case right and obviously he would know that she's she hulk but she wouldn't know that he's daredevil because yeah, everyone because has seen her hulk out yeah exactly yeah um i so i i and i hope for you know random cameos um go you know go go nuts I'm, I'm cool with it go as far back as possible like i'm trying to think who's i guess they're bringing back blonsky right so that that's I mean, the yeah. second yeah. Film i mean this is a great time to talk about if we're going to be going as far back as possible uh this is the best time to talk about what we what we learned in the uh captain america sorry in the uh -huh. post credit scene about our friend captain america um, and this ties into apparently a tumbler, tumbler theory that I just found out about today, which is, you know, uh, you know, there's been some discussion and discourse about whether uh, Steve Rogers was out there in the streets, uh, you know, slanging the D. Um, that was a binge mode conversation back in the day. Yeah, but, uh, but even before binge mode conversation, apparently it was it was out there uh, yeah. in other places. Uh, yeah, and I forgot about the binge mode conversation, but the binge mode people were pretty uh, in the camp of, yeah, of course, of course Steve was fucking. Yeah. You know? um, but, but yeah, apparently a lot of people were in the camp of Steve was a virgin. And, and uh, this, this show confirmed that uh, on the USO tour, uh, Steve, Steve got it in. Now, uh, there was an actress who I did not know until today. Oh. Who was in Captain America: First Avenger, flirting with Steve, who mm -hmm. also played uh, Peter Quill's mother. Mm -hmm. So you know the way the way headcanon works, uh, people just assume that she was related to to uh, Steve. Uh, sorry, to uh, Peter Quill's mother, uh, Peter Quill's grandmother, or maybe great grandmother, depending on the math work, works out. And uh, that got me thinking. Based on spoilers for uh, Gardens of the Galaxy two. Um, uh, oh no! It's been five years. All right, listen, I'm just gonna do that. Um, so <laughs> in that movie, we learn that uh, Peter, sorry, that Ego, uh, Peter's father, um, had been going all over the planet, um, you know, hooking up with with beings. But the only being that was able to survive uh, with his celestial or whatever you want to call it uh, DNA was Peter Quill. So that got my head going where it's like maybe the reason that he was able to that uh that his mother was able to uh uh survive the uh power energy celestial uh seed if you will was because a little super soldier serum in the bloodstream through the bloodline and uh you know for all now we know that Steve Rogers um, is uh, Peter Quill's uh, granddaddy. <laughs> I'm here for and, it. 
I'm I'm a little here for it. I mean, I know it's a a, a Chris uh, Evans, Chris Pratt situation, and not not ideal for, oh, yeah. for the internet. But um, you know, I could live with it. I could live with <laughs> Peter Quill. Peter Quill, like sharing sharing the music, various music collections. They're both in a way like men out of time. You know, it's true. Like it it would be fun. It would be fun. Peter Quill being uh, being the child of I'm sorry, like I said, the grandchild of, of Steve Rogers. And again, I I know that we did meet Peter Quill's grandmother and a grandfather, but he could just be the guy that stepped up. You know, he doesn't have to be like the biological grandfather. Like you know, some beautiful woman uh, got knocked up by this war hero, um, and then he just left her and you know disappeared. Uh, for years, you know, this guy did the right thing. He married her, and he raised uh, the child as his own. That's 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 respectable. Um, but here's the here's the thing that I hope this show does. I hope that we meet the USO showgirl. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to tell us. They don't have to tell us like one hundred percent. She just has to be like, I remember Steve Rogers took me back to his boudoir. <laughs> the boudoir. Oh. How classy. I mean, that's what we like to listen. Callbacks are awesome. You know, if we could, like, in four episodes, if we can get some, like, older woman who can talk about how, like, you know, because it just confirms what the post credit scene, you know, told us. What do you think, Steph? Oh, no, no, no. I had something to say. And then I raised my hand like I was in school. And then I realized that I forgot what I wanted to say. And then just now I was trying to remember. And now I remember. Okay. So I know I, okay. So you know how Angela and I don't watch trailers. Like we watch the first trailer and we say, yeah. And then we don't watch trailer two, three, four, seven, and eight. Real quick for the benefit of the listeners, Angela is the other of the Screen Sisters, uh, follow Screen Sisters on YouTube and on all the other social media platforms. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, Yes, so I saw people saying maybe possibly that Jen was either going to the either sword or the raft. Oh, yes, potentially the raft. Okay, so I'm interested to see the storylines there and mm-hmm. if the story even goes to sword, um, because of obviously we haven't seen sword, yeah, yeah. yes, in a while, right? Yeah, yeah so it'd be nice since WandaVision. Yeah, like, so it'd be nice to see like what kind of is going on over there, mm-hmm. and if there's any ties to any other of the um, on any of the other shows. Yeah. So like if they mentioned like. Oh, do you remember a couple months ago when the sky just went black? Like when Kanchu like fucked with the sky or you know what I mean? Or like, what if they talk about like, oh, did you hear about like that like Muslim girl in like New Jersey, like fucking some shit oh, up? Like actually, so I want to hear like a, if there's this is a little you know, a little piece of uh so you know how Marvel does the thing where they post the the shows timeline. in timeline order. Yes. So this takes place between Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel. Um, okay. So Ms. Marvel has not happened yet in okay. uh, in the in the timeline of the show. Okay. So Interesting. That, yeah. So so that Well, I guess that makes sense since Mar- the Marvels is next but February. February? It might be July, I think. 
I thought it was February. Maybe I'm a liar. Yeah. Well, remember, it's got moved around. It's got moved around a couple. Times. I know. Didn't so it? I think, I think it got moved I, like three times. Well, yeah. I thought that I thought they pushed up. I thought they pushed up Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man. Oh, you're right. Wasp, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's right. Then, yeah. They switched dates. Right. Um, that is right. I hope so, they get into the international um, law regarding who the fuck has jurisdiction over the giant fucking celestial corpse in the Indian Ocean. Yes, it would Bitch. be nice. It yes. would be nice if they if they reference that. That would one hundred percent. That would be um, great. But now I, now I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> I also oh. want. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You figured it out. Oh yeah. Go so ahead. like the sword thing. Like yes, I I hope that even if sword doesn't have a big part to play, I would like to see them at least get referenced. Um, you know, in terms of the things. Um, the other Marvel projects that get built to in in other uh, decent plus shows uh you know this seems like a pretty good place to uh sow some suicide spot um uh thunderbolts uh seeds um you know a lot of people have been speculating that uh, abomination will be in the thunderbolts but i uh, guess maybe, maybe uh you know titania will be in in the Thunderbolts mm. as well. Why not? Yeah. Titania. Yeah, we're just, I'm just gonna keep I'm just gonna keep saying Titania until it becomes a thing. <laughs> Kamala Khan. Titania Khan. I don't know what her last name is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want I want um I want the opening credits of every episode to be like a parody of a legal show. <laughs> Ooh. Like I want there to be a Law and Order one. I want there to be like a Better Call Saul one. I want there to be an LA Law one. Allie McBeal. That would that be would be cool. so. Yeah. Would be cool. It yeah. would be. It would also. It would be very cool. Speaking of credits, I mean, we're already there. I didn't mean to get us there. Um, you know, I got I had an epiphany today, which is that, you know, I think this is the first Marvel show that does like a full animated credit sequence for the end credits um, other than what if obviously right right yeah um and that had me thinking about like there's been a lot of talk a lot of a lot of discourse um about how you know some of these shows um borrow aesthetics from the comics mm -hmm. and then i thought to myself well if they're going to animate sequences from the show in the you know, either from the show that we just watched or potential other things that could happen uh, in the show. Like we know that there are these comic influences to the extent that they want to give credit to and exposure to the comics, having some of the artists who used to draw on these comics mm -hmm. illustrate the end sequences, the end credit sequences would be a great way to you know, give them that exposure. Mm -hmm. And then of course, also get them paid, you know? Like, like I've said before that it, that when you bring in a writer to like help on a show, like you can see where the writer's contributions are, are felt in the writing of the overall arc of the show. But it's a little bit more tricky and fraught when it's art because, mm -hmm. you know, there's a whole different department that shoots an episode and yeah. while they might be um, influenced by the art, 
like what they do is it is art unto itself you know so you don't want to kind of like erase the work of the cinematographers and the wardrobers and all the other stuff um, mm-hmm. by saying that all they're doing is just copying what someone drew because just because someone drew it doesn't mean that you can shoot it you know right yeah whereas when you put their art into the episode you're like expanding the audience of of the people who have seen that art Mm -hmm. and and you're giving them a chance to like you're giving them that chance to shine you're giving you know Mm -hmm. like I don't I actually don't know who drew the sequences so that's my bad for not doing the research but I don't know Mm -hmm. who did that art but hopefully whoever did that art uh is is you know out there touting it and and you know they're getting and they got well compensated for it but that could be another avenue like if 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 the if the if all the subsequent marvel shows did something similar with their end credit sequences like i don't know how big of a star wars fan you are but the mandalorian does that thing where they have like illustrated sequences from Mm. the episode like it, it could be i think well received yeah, the, the Mandalorian close uh, close credit end credits uh, look like um, like they look like really detailed concept art mm-hmm. um, that almost looks like like a cover of a novel or something like that. They right. they look like book covers. Um, they're beautiful. Those are amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the the internal mechanics of that would be because. Presumably, there's also an art department that is doing that art, and they're not having to pay them extra for that art, you know. <laughs> so, but I but I feel like somebody I feel like somebody got. I mean, I was just saying they're not getting like extra money on top of their their salary. Um, I mean, listen, right now we're watching WB stripping every animated project basically off of HBO Max and Cartoon Network because they don't want to pay residuals. They do not. So, yeah. They don't want to pay anything. Nothing. <laughs> yes. But one difference. What is going between, on over there? <laughs> one difference between Disney and WBD is that Disney does not owe $50 billion to anybody. That's true. Um, and from a, from a, like, so, you know, we've talked and we will continue to talk about how, like, Disney occasionally uh, gets uh, slammed um, for how they, um, pay creators from a PR perspective giving these cre- these comic creators the opportunity to shine is like yeah it's going to cost them a little bit more but it's not going to cost them that much more right um, yeah and and it's and it, and, it, and it looks good because people will be able to appreciate their work versus when people say i mean i get it but i don't 100% get it well this comic that came out like 15 years ago influenced the story that's being told now. So this writer and creative team get paid. You know what I mean? Like it's-, it's That's obviously always tricky. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it's kind of like, yeah, but someone actually still had to adapt that for the show. Right. So like asking the people who made the show to forego their money so that they could pay someone who made a book however many years ago isn't 
doesn't feel as rewarding as Marvel just being like, hey, we've got this thing that can, we can bring you in on on the current show and then we could pay you for it yeah. and, and sort of feed in the compensation to the fact that they're now working on the thing that that people are going to see um, at a much higher level, like in terms of how many people see it than, than the comic ever got. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's like a deeper level of exposure and then the compensation mm -hmm. can be commensurate to that. Yeah. You know, but that's my like media business soapbox or whatever. We don't have to talk about that even though this is a warrior show. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we're, so yeah, let's, let's get into closing statements. Ah, you see what I did there. Um, let's get, <laughs> uh, I'll start with you, Stephanie, uh, sort of, you know, summarizing your thoughts about the episode. I like it. It is good. Um, I'm excited to see if they tackle space anymore. And like I said, that's why I wanted to see if we see Sword I mean, again. I mean, we so, did get the Sakarian ship. That's what I'm saying. Like, I want to know if that you know, comes back. You want to see? If yeah, that comes back? I, wanna, I think that's I the know. end credits of the last episode. Darn oh, you it. don't think you don't think you're gonna reference it at all? No. Okay. I don't even know if we'll see Banner again till the end of the till the end of the season. I think we'll at least get a phone call with Banner, a FaceTime with Banner. Um, we'll get at least one. Probably get more than one. Maybe. Over the yeah. Course of the season. Um, I do think that, I mean, this this was a rumor, and I don't. I, I mean, I think it'll happen. Actually, I don't know if it'll happen in the next episode, but I, there was a rumor that Banner is being served with Eternity Suit for his exploits on Sakar. Now, granted, I will fully admit that I don't. I doubt they'll do two Eternity deals, so I might have to choose between uh, my our our, our favorite. Uh, uh, Peter Quill, <laughs> Rogers paternity deal, and Hulk paternity deal. So they they probably can't do both. Mm -hmm. But um, but I do think that that that's where we're going with respect to the Sakarian ship. That they're they're trying to let Bruce know that uh, he's got a kid out there, um, and based on uh, relativity, time, space, dilation, all the other shenanigans. Uh, that kid is is uh, old enough to be a Hulk unto himself. Um, so I think that's where is he going to be like fifteen or is he going to be like three? I think he's going to be. Well, here's the thing: I don't think he's going to have a human form, right? So I think he's going to like look like a Hulk, um, but look like a a somewhat grown Hulk, but have like the mentality somewhat of like an immature child. Okay. You know, where it's like, yeah, because of how time works in Sakaar, like, you know, it's been two oh. years for you, but it's been like 18 years for me. What the hell? Where have you been, you know? Okay. Yeah, they do like, mention that time moves differently on Sakaar. Yeah, so it'll be like one of those deals. Like, <laughs> That's one of my like, favorite scenes. He's like a teenager, you know. Yeah. He's, he's like a one of the like kind of like how Groot um, became a teenager, but mm -hmm. not too much time passed. It'll be something like that. But so, and I can, and that's the thing on a show like She Hulk where it's comedic, I could definitely see that being 
like a good way to advance that storyline um, before they take it to a more serious place on whatever the next thing is. So I've been leaning towards that being a storyline ever since I heard the rumor. Um, and I think that the Sakarian ship helps to you know reinforce that, but I don't think it's going to be like the next thing. Um, okay. I think, but we'll see. I mean, you yeah, might be right. I fully, I fully think it's gonna be the end of the last episode, the post credits is gonna be Banner tracks down the ship or the, tra- the ship tracks down Banner. What do you guys want? You know, they have your son or whatever. Yeah. What? Yeah. End of the thing. Yeah. I mean, it could, but but again, I just feel like if they wait with it, then it means that storyline is more like has a lot more depth to it. Yeah. Well, if, more if, if the rumors are true that there is a World War Hulks on the on the horizon, I remember that rumor from mm-hmm. a few months ago. That would. I mean, they're, they haven't really announced what's coming in phase six. Yeah, but I guess no. I feel like, I guess I feel like... Hulk Eternals 2, Shang-Chi 2, that's all I got. <laughs> I feel like Hulk having a child is not necessarily impetus for World War Hulks um, or World War Hulk or whatever. You know, like, like, like that's like its own, its own separate issue, which could then lead to World War Hulk. But, you know... I think you could still have the more comedic Hulk has a love child, you know, um, you know, you're not my, I mean, you know, like you're my dad, but you didn't raise me or whatever, you know, like you could have like all of that, like more comedic thing and then yeah. still have it end with like a, a World War Hulks rather than doing both simultaneously, you know, like we're basically like he, 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 like he has a paternity case. You meet Hulk's baby mama, you know. Like jokes, jokes, jokes. Um, like whatever happens, happens. He says, "All right, I'm gonna go off to space, and I'm gonna like, you know, face up, step, step up, do the do the thing, and then then it turns serious, and that's where it goes to World War Hulk's." You know? Okay, so if we're getting serious, serious, what if that? is in world war hulk is when we see beta ray bill and then thor shows up Hmm. because remember that beta ray bill thing was on the thing and do you remember that interview with kevin feige i always think about it because i'm like one day i'm gonna see it it's gonna be glorious (laughs) i feel like in order to make that work you'd have to have thor also show up i just said that yeah because beta ray is like (laughs) that's what i'm saying like you'd have to like you'd have like because beta ray is so tied to the thor mythos and we know from you know spoilers for um love and thunder we know that there's like someone that's kind of like looking for looking for thor so i almost think that beta ray is probably a better candidate for whatever we do next with thor now maybe thor's story intersects with the hulk story maybe but as of now I'm still thinking that they might be trying to, I, like, honestly, I don't, like, after Guardians 3, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what their plan is for the Cosmic Marvel. So, yeah. Um, right. Because cause that's the other thing, like, World War Hulks doesn't have to be a cosmic story. Most mm-hmm. of the Hulks are on Earth, you know? Um, that's true. On the next episode, we can talk about my, um, my, my theory 
as to uh, who, who the next Hulk might be. Oh, good. I, I That reminds me. Uh, Chekhov's blood. This is an important thing to talk about. Um, in the in the in the early part of the episode, when uh, uh, Banner ran the tests on on Jen's blood, and mm-hmm. he, you know read, put put them in the machine, you know Jen was kind of like confused. But Hulk says, "Look, if there's even like a millionth of a chance that someone could use this blood to create another Hulk, you know that's, I mean, you know exactly." Uh, bit, um, you know, not exact quote, but basically, it would be a really bad thing if someone could use your blood to create another Hulk. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really, really important piece of dialogue because mm-hmm. I think that someone will be using uh, Hulk blood to create another Hulk, and I think that that's where we're going to get a. Uh, we'll just say saving it for for another episode, a different kind of Hulk. So, okay. Um, you know, we can talk about that at length a little bit later but that's my little like uh checkoffs piece of dialogue that that is going to resurface later okay this, this series becomes the goat if there is one case where the agents of shield oh. are, are fighting to become canon oh that's the case <laughs> Uh, that's that's just want to be That is a season two storyline, Carlos. You that know. is the most incredible thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> incredible. Can that we would be canon, incredible. <laughs> that would be. That would make me so happy. That would here's, be like break. Here's, like... here's what would take a step further. If they bring back Ming Na fucking Wen, yes, as the plaintiff. In the Agents of Shield uh, canon case, yes, here for it. Here for it. One thousand. That would be amazing. Like, or you 1, know, like, hit, uh, the Agents of Shield. Fucking Finn Jones being like, I have a feeling I'm not about to be included in the new in the new world order, and I would like to be. And he loses his case. No, there's no way Finn Jones. No, absolutely be. not. Absolutely uh, not. Yeah, uh, but but uh, but me not win. No one would, would be yeah. a compelling, would be a compelling plaintiff. I'm still a huge fan of getting a female, uh, a female Iron Fist. Like even if we do get Colleen Wing back, I would be excited. But I still would like a um, what's the other girl? The it's other? The no, the other? No, the, no, no, not not the, not them. The of uh, uh, the other Iron Fist that was a girl. Oh, I, was, I forgot her name. I, um, I'm, I think I'm going to yeah. butcher it. I'm terrible at stuff like that. Yeah, but right. if they did do the Iron Fist storyline, I think just like, just, oh, yeah, it yeah. sounds so oh, mean to talking, say, but like, wait, you Finn Jones pay? just or like, like the, the, the child nah, nah, nah. pay? We're talking about pay the child? No, the girl. The girl. Like if they, the girl Iron Fist. I don't remember her name. I'm saying like, if they redo Iron Fist in Shang-Chi 2, if it's the Iron Fist, that's a girl and not Danny Rand. That's and all not, I'm saying. Not Colleen Wing. Not Colleen Wing, because I want Colleen Wing to be Colleen Wing. Yes, I want Colleen Wing to be Colleen Wing as well. Yes. Um, I want her to be the Iron Fist, though. I still so, want Iron Fist. So here's the thing. This is going to be controversial. I'm sorry we went down this rabbit hole. <laughs> I I want Danny Rand in the MCU. Okay. I want Danny Rand and Luke Cage to be best buds in the MCU. I want there to have like their little bromance. I don't okay. need I don't need that same actor. I don't need either of those actors to be the same, honestly. Okay. Um, 
And I also want Colleen Wing and Misty Knight to be in the MCU as Colleen Wing and Misty Knight. You know, okay. like, you know, their own, like, you know, whatever you want to call a female bromance. Um, <laughs> you know? Um, Friendship? <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like that terminology. Uh, we don't have to come up with a term. Um, Should you just say female bromance and not just like fucking friendship? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I love you. Um, <laughs> but I do think that there's room for, like, if they want to get into the Iron Fist mythos uh-huh. to, to get into all the different iron fists as well as the female iron fists you know what i mean like i don't think that they have to i don't think that they have to like say that there was danny rand's gone in order to like establish that there have been and there will be other iron fists that are not just guys you know yes i just think that like as someone who like you know read those books as a kid and Mm -hmm. you know like still has an affinity for those books as an adult. Like I want to see the Luke and Danny, Misty, Colleen dynamic, you know? Like yeah. The way that I sort of remember it. Where okay. they all bring their own respective things to the table and they all kind of like love each other and make fun of each other. And they're like a little like little found family of, of buds and mm-hmm. you know and like romance and history and all you know what I mean like you know yeah. I, I like that and I unfortunately I just think that Netflix didn't really like get it right but just yeah. because Netflix didn't get it right doesn't mean that it's not a story mm-hmm. worth telling that's true I, I don't think we're gonna see any of these characters other than Daredevil and like maybe his foggy. immediate satellites maybe foggy um Karen. on this show I do think that that's oh, why yeah, yeah. not on this show I except do think maybe, that's why Daredevil had maybe, 19 episodes. Except though. maybe Jessica Jones. Yeah. I think we might get one episode of Jessica Jones. Maybe. That'd be nice. Yeah. But you're right. I think that part of why Daredevil got 18 episodes is so that they could, like, uh, spin do some out, other stuff. Spin yeah. out some of the street level characters and set them up for their own spinoffs. I wonder if they're going to give. Um, Fisk maybe like two or three episodes to himself like of him and what he was doing in, during the blip or after the blip especially if this is the same if, if they're doing the same thing kind of when he said he was in Hawkeye he was trying to regain his power so I wonder if there would be like an episode of him like during the blip just like damn I wish that they would have been like more definitive about this when it happened, but I think they didn't necessarily have the answer, although maybe Kevin Feige did. I just get the feeling like this is not the same continuity from the Netflix Here's why it can't be. Wilson Fisk committed a shitload of murders as a public figure. As a mayoral candidate. Yeah, in the city of New York. Right. Like, mm-hmm. if you live in New York the way that um, Kate Bishop lived in New York, I'm not buying that you're like, who's that guy? Right. The same way that, that Fisk in Hawkeye was ripping off car doors in like almost cartoonishly superpowered fashion, mm-hmm. just the trailer from She Hulk, you see Daredevil doing f- like flips and stuff like 
not obviously not impossible flips, but that wasn't the daredevil from Netflix. He didn't do that stuff. He was more of a brawler than he was a gymnast. So I just think like people need to understand like these are the same actors. Mm -hmm. Probably 98% of them are going to be the same actors, but these are not the same characters. This is a different continuity. However, and we can get into this when we actually see Daredevil, right? Right. I just think that they don't want the smoke, right? I think that they don't want to make it definitive 100% un- as, until the until they have to until they have to, right? right? So it's kind of like we want to present to you our 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 Daredevil in in his full form, and then when it's obvious that he's not the same Daredevil, then we'll reckon with it. But if we, but if we don't do that, then we have to deal with like a year's worth of people being mad that the Daredevil is not the Daredevil from the Netflix that, right. they, mm-hmm. that they love. Right. So, so by being coy about it, they can wait until you know as late as possible for pulling the rug out from under people and being like, yeah, yes, well, yes, of course it's not the same guy. Right. You know, yeah. but they want to give you the opportunity to fall in love with the new uh, version, not version, but the new uh, interpretation of, of this character mm-hmm. um, so that you're so that the people who feel aggrieved have something new to, um, you know, transition to. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I used to fight with people about it. I used to be like, "There's no way that this this is for this reason, this reason, this reason." And I was like, "Oh, but they're playing coy about it because they don't want to." Um, even listen, even with Agents of Shield, they've been they had been playing coy about it, and yeah. where where we know for years, Ken Feige was like, "I don't know, fuck with that shit." <laughs> right. <laughs> Wasn't even a reference to uh, Agents of Shield in Wandavision. Was it? One of the commercials didn't one of the commercials involve like blue soap or something? Oh, like the hydro soap. Oh, the hydro yeah, soap, right? Yeah. Yeah. And people but, were like, ah, ah, I see. And it's like, no, no. I'm actually, I think the most thing that bothers me about the whole is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, canon or is it not canon is the fact that like the show has now started nine years ago and then ended two years ago and people are still having the conversation is the show canon is it not canon should I watch it should I not watch it I don't want to watch it because it's not canon like those conversations are still happening and it's been nine years and that's what's really bothering me and I think it's and I was saying it to Angela a couple days ago I think like another thing of like always being on Twitter is always seeing the same Mm -hmm. fucking conversations especially about Marvel and they, you know the stuff that they get really right and the stuff that they get really wrong mm-hmm. and just like the discourse of comic book um tv and movies on twitter it's just like made me have so much fatigue and i'm yeah. like i i burn out i i love yeah. i love movies i love all of the stuff but like everybody is just so like nitpicky and angry over like really dumb shit and i'm like mm-hmm. i can't t- i can't physically type touch grass more than like mm-hmm. 10 times a day like yeah. it's just impossible i mean so listen just, i like, i've muted ugh. the term mcu from oh, oh for real and oh it smart is, it is nice it really okay. is because now i'm still getting marvel content in my twitter stream by just by virtue of the fact that i run in these circles now 
but yes. you, you just weed out so much of it. Like, you know, it just, it, it, cause you really, it, it, you will burn out on it. You really, yeah. really will. What, what I just had to make my peace with is that the fact that, like you said, these fights are going to resurface. So if I don't participate in the fight today, it'll be bad. Yeah. Like, yep. You know what I mean? Like I, it, nothing's getting solved. Like, it, like I think there yeah. was a part of me that felt like if I don't weigh in today, it's like speak now or forever hold your peace. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I don't get on the record, you know, uh, my opinion, mm -hmm. then, you know, people will think that I believe X or whatever. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. now I'm just kind of like, well, first of all, it's great to have a podcast where my opinions get on the record. But like, you know, beyond that, I get to be like, yeah, I'm not going to do that today. Mm -hmm. Next week or next month or the next time that this thing comes up, it's going to be right back. We'll be right back at it. So I don't have to play the game every single time that the game is being played. Mm -hmm. you know? um, and that helps me in my mental health of not being yeah. fatigued, where it's like, no, nope, not today. I'm not, I'm not doing that today. Not today, Mr. Yeah. Still. Not today. Not yes. today, Mephisto, exactly. Um, I mean, that's probably a good place to leave it. Not today, Mephisto. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the the case of U.S. versus Mephisto might show up. Um, you know, in one of the one of the the. the I remember my question. Oh, great. But it's, uh, okay, okay. I'm going to ask it anyway. But anywho, do you think? that if we're doing young okay so is young avengers like is that a go or is that just like a question it, is, so here's the thing. it has not been announced or confirmed okay. but okay but everyone it looks like acting, it everyone's acting like that's that's the thing okay now i know this is not technically in young avengers but like do you think it's a possibility we may or may not see if we're doing the multiverse thing do you think we'll get the runaways or cloak and dagger back um, so, so when you say back, I say no. Okay. Um, now, Cameos. <laughs> now we've talked about this and maybe we haven't talked about it on the podcast, but like, if I had to choose between who we might see actors, we might see return, I would put more money on Cloak and Dagger returning because there are okay. only two of them. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, age wise, they weren't particularly old yeah um <laughs> like you could bring back cloak and like in because in the comics cloak and dagger are adults yeah um, like you know we, we they there's a in the ultimate universe they were younger but in the mainstream universe they're about the same age as peter parker and the actors are about the same age as peter parker mm -hmm. so you could bring you could conceivably bring back the actors that played cloak and dagger and have them meet Peter Parker and, you know, be part of that, you know, that New York young person separate from the Young Avengers deal. You know what I mean? You could, okay. have, you could have Cloak and Dagger as Spider-Man um, allies. Okay. Fairly easy. It gets trickier with the Runaways because that is, is more of a story of a young people Mm -hmm. um, the most popular version of that story is with them being really young. And, mm. you know, they did three seasons. Did they do three yeah. seasons of The Runaways? Three. So they mm -hmm. did three seasons of The Runaways. Um, I don't think they feel as motivated to bring those characters and those actors back. Okay. Um, 
and and in order to make it really work you'd have to bring them all back mm-hmm. so i just think that that's i think that they're much more likely to just like forget about the runaways uh maybe do it later redo okay. it uh somewhere down the line as its own story but i don't okay. i just don't see them them feeling motivated to to bring all everything that happened with the runaways back into the mainstream mcu in the same way that they could do with cloak and dagger kind of similar to what they've done with daredevil and um and wilson fisk where they could just ignore the continuity but just bring mm-hmm. back okay yeah you know yeah <laughs> uh. i agree but um again uh, we already did the closing argument, so we did post-closing arguments. This was our post-credit scene, guys. Um, <laughs> even though we didn't have credits. But um, thank you for joining us this week. We are going to try to do one for every episode. We don't know the name of next week's episode, but uh, I imagine it will be uh, fun and quirky. Yeah. I haven't yet workshopped a uh, sign-off yet, um, but before we do a sign-off, uh, let the people know where they can find you. Uh, start with you, Carlos. I'm at Carlos Freitas Jr. on Twitter, and you can find my articles, including ranking the 36 MCU villains um, from all of the projects from from Iron Man to uh, Miss Marvel um, on AgentsOfFandom.com. All right, Stephanie, where can they find you? Um at screen sisters on twitter and youtube my sister and i do stuff whenever we feel like doing stuff so that's that's all i got to say about that that is awesome <laughs> and you can find me at mtfiii on twitter you can find the uh podcast the the mothership as it were the racial draft podcast uh on this feed as well as at Racial Draft Pod on Twitter, Racial Dot Draft on Instagram, and Racial Draft on Facebook. That's still a thing. Yeah. Um, you can, uh, you know, we've got this. Like I said, the hashtag is uh, Shulkin and Jiven. Um, so you know, <laughs> keep on, keep on uh, searching that hashtag. Um, but until next time, case is closed.